Moncrief on News Talk. I didn't have a pulse when I arrived. I tried CPR for around seven minutes. And the blood? Possible seizure caused the head injury. Someone get Eva. No, this isn't right. Nothing about this is right. You're Bill's girlfriend? No. You were with him just now? No. Do you have any knowledge of what just happened here? Um, I, I try to get help. You realize this is a private matter. He's my friend. He's my friend. My fault. My fault. My fault. Uh, is that going to room 11? I need to clean this. Watch your step, please. Tommy. Yeah? I'm so sorry. This is just awful. We are contacting the... Icelandic authorities and the embassy in Reykjavik. You okay? This is Todd Andrews, my head of security. He and his wife, Eva, will take care of you while I sort everything out. I, I should stay with him. He doesn't like to be alone. That's a murder at the end of the world. You can stream now on Disney+. Plus. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James. Afternoon. So this is a kind of a detective thing. Uh, yeah, it is. And it is also from the um, brain of Britt Marling, who is a kind of an indie darling. She she was like an actress and then a screenwriter and director in her own right and um, had made a number of kind of indie movies in the early 2000s and late early 2010s, shall we say. And then in 2016, she made a TV show called The OA, which was on Netflix mm. and became a bit of a cult hit. Um, it eventually did spawn a, a sequel um, series that with the kind of like that led to it being cancelled, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess that freed up her time. And this time around, she has created a murder mystery show. And like the OA, if people recall the OA, it, um, it's a bit beguiling. It's a bit weird. It's a little bit boring, but kind of compellingly so. And it's all of that. You'll need to explain that yeah, statement. Right? So we follow two separate timelines and um, it's centred around Darby Hart. She is a detective played by Emma Corrin, who is best known for their role as Princess Diana in The Crown. Yeah. Uh, middle version, right? Not ghost, still Not alive. ghost Diana, the other one, <laughs> yes. And in this um, show... Uh, Darby is a true crime aficionado but um, a bit more like Lisbeth Salander from you know The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo than you know someone just listening to a few podcasts and they are uh, she's a hacker she uh, is in the past solving a crime trying to track down this serial killer while also um, swooning and falling in love with Harris Dickinson playing Bill Farah who is kind of a, a confidant she meets online and they go together trying to solve this crime and then some years later in the present she is invited to a retreat in Iceland by an enigmatic tech billionaire played by Clive Owen and upon arrival with, you know, a, a like a surrounding cohort of character actors playing other, are they the murderer type yes, red herrings? Right, okay. Uh, they all begin to be killed off one by one, mm. right? Now, what I would find, what I kind of am struck most by this show is, um, as you know, I love short episodes. Yeah. And these, you know, I sat down to watch one last night and I my heart sank when I saw it was 75 minutes. Oh, long, right? yeah. monsters. So, so they, they vary from yeah. 45 minutes to 75 minutes. But um, as I said, like it is compellingly boring at times, right? And by that, I mean, uh, Britt Marling has a really good sense of production. She uh, scores it really nicely. The set is very beautiful. The mysteries are both equally compelling in their separate ways. 
but I don't think that the that, that the combination of them adds up to the sum of its parts if you get me mm. like what I I almost would have rather just one of each two separate seasons where I followed Darby in her infancy as like a, a, a you know junior detective and secondly uh, many years later when it's all gone wrong with her and her fella Bill Farah right um, apart from that it just kind of uh, like it, it's ticking all of the regular boxes you would expect of a kind of murder mystery and then there were none type affair right we have people holed up in this beautiful Icelandic dream Airbnb yeah. right uh, where they are being you know where where murder strikes very promptly at the end of episode one as you would expect it to and she has to un- unroll the mystery and uh, the kind of interplay between the two separate stories and what we um, like what we're getting in each one is very expected material right this is kind of like what I mean is it's like murder mystery 101 throughout this yeah, whole thing yeah. like we're getting all of the usual bits but Britt Marling has uh, and her her writing partner Zal Batmangli. I'm gonna say I'm gonna Batmangle that one. Right? Um, he he uh, they they managed to make it uh, just kind of just so exciting that you're interested, right? Yeah. Despite it being very very ordinary, mm. and I would say that is the same of her previous efforts. And uh, like with the OA, it was an odd weird show. This is an odd weird, slightly boring show, but it's still just manages to or managed to chip away at my uh, distaste for it enough yeah. to be like yeah I'm kind of liking this yeah <laughs> okay how oh, odd uh, 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 can you tell us why she's, she was invited to Iceland by uh, a, a reclusive tech billionaire or is that just something that happens to everyone it, I, I can tell you that I haven't been <laughs> <laughs> I, can t- I can tell you that well you probably wouldn't want to be there, yeah. right? no, no. <laughs> right? well I can tell you that you will find that out by the end of one of the episodes okay uh, the finale of it is uh, airing or airing is, uh, is being broadcast tomorrow on on Disney Plus right so what I do feel is latecomers to the show which I'm inviting you all to be will benefit from the binge rather than the weekly watch right okay I hear you because for me it has been like okay come on come on come on come on come on whereas when if you can rush through this I think you'll have a more satisfactory package why she gets um, like ostensibly why she gets invited to the to the Icelandic retreat is because she writes this true crime novel about mm. her past that we are seeing in flashbacks. Yeah. And this becomes, it, it captures the attention of this reclusive tech billionaire played by Clive Vaughan. Yeah, aren't they all reclusive tech <laughs> billionaires? Uh, and how many episodes are there? Now, they vary in length. as you They say. vary in length, but the tomorrow's one is the last of seven. Last of seven. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, that could be a considerable stream. Right, we, uh, or a considerable binge, I should say. We move on uh, to our second show. It's Merry Little Batman. You can stream now on Amazon Prime Video. Here's a clip. Man, they wasted a lot of moolah on a bunch of dumb books. There's a whole shelf on excavating shale rock from underneath manors. That's weirdly specific. Has anyone ever told you to be quiet in a library? Okay, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> now this I've got to get. Nice entrance, kid. What are you supposed to be? I'm Batman, and your night just got a whole lot darker. All right, come here, kid. Where'd he go? Peekaboo. Oh, just my luck. 
Okay, you little brat. You had your fun. Oh, I can't say anything. You can even say you're blind. That's a bad. Okay, should be pointed out this is animated. People mm-hmm. won't be able to tell that. Uh, uh, is is a Batman Christmas theme shows a thing? I didn't know. Well, it's not a thing I knew about either, right? So uh, it, this is all technically canonical Batman. Um, the voice we heard there is saying I'm Batman is Damian Wayne, who is the son of Bruce Wayne. And I'm going to get it wrong. Um, not Catwoman, <laughs> um, but Talia Azgul, I want to say, a, a side character in the Batman DC extended universe. Okay. So Damien does exist, right? And in this cartoon version of it, which is um, about 100 minutes long, it is a holiday Christmas special and it takes the character of Damien and it has Batman. He's voiced by Luke Wilson. We have Alfred the butler, voiced by James Cromwell, last seen in succession at his brother's funeral. Um, but apart from that, uh, we don't really get any other big name character. You know, the rest of the voice cast is all kind of jobbing comedians or yeah. or regular kind of vo- voice actors and no harm of that. The story revolves around Batman giving his uh, son, Damien, his utility belt and then being called away on a mission. And two bungling burglars arrive, break into Wayne Manor, steal the belt and run through Gotham. And it's a very simple story of Damien then trying to find his footing as a burgeoning young man and going after them as little baby Batman, right? But it's all set throughout Christmas and it's actually very, very funny. It's oh. really, really, really charming. I sat down to watch this. Now, I will say, I sat down to watch this with my fiance. He with shingles sprouting from his neck and me with a head cold. So maybe oh, God. We, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying of misery. Take what, I, take what I'm saying with a pinch of like feverous fever dream, right? <laughs> but we both really liked it, right? When we sat down to watch it. And um, it's a kind of, it's like Batman meets Home Alone, right? Yeah. So you have like Damien as this younger Batman-esque figure without any of the violence, right? I mean, this is made for families. Mm. Going around the house trying to stop these thieves getting away. And then when they ultimately do get away, which is no big spoiler, that happens fairly early on, he's going off in Gotham and meets, encounters the usual repertoire of Gotham baddies you Mm. might expect. The Penguin, the Joker, Poison Ivy, uh, Bane, the whole kitten and caboodle, right? And then throughout this, you have a number of very, very funny uh, sight jokes put in. You have uh, like deep cuts for the big Batman fans, right? This Batman is bearded and right at the very beginning, uh, Alfred says, or, you know, he Alfred says, did you not see that bat ra- razor I left out for you? And he says, no, it's, uh, it, it's really upping my imitation game. And the imitation game was the working title of Batman Begins back in 2005, right? Okay. So like if you oh, know your right. Batman stuff, it is chock full of these kind of Easter eggs. But more importantly... It has a number of proper laugh out loud jokes. And the animation style is really, really, really beautiful, right? It's it's based on um, a British artist named Ro- Ro- Ronald Searle, who like I wasn't familiar with until I Googled artwork of Ronald Searle, right? But then you would kind of, you would definitely recognize it. They're also inspired by Calvin and Hobbes and um, other kind of artists. In our fever dream, <laughs> we were sort of saying it looks an awful lot like... Um, like the Nightmare Before Christmas meets like, I don't know, a regular Batman cartoon. So mm. it's it's really funny and cute and silly, but it is for family viewing, right? Yes, like, I mean, yeah. this is to sit down, you know, let's say it's Christmas Eve and you're waiting for Santa Claus to come and your child has not yet gone to sleep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you want something that will pass 90 or you know, 100 minutes. Very, very fun for all of you. 
this is it. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that was um, kind of won over by that. Now, okay, our third show is Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. You can stream on Now TV and Sky Documentaries. Here's a clip. We were like starting to be like, what the f***? Are they picking her up? Is, you know, are they going to take the body? Like, do we have the body? Are we stuck with the body? You know, mom's body. So, um, like, who's they what? That they were going to pick her up? Like, the Galactics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, our fantasies of, like, the starships, was that going to happen now that mom's not in the body to be picked up? Like, we had no idea. We were just praying for, like, a literal miracle. It was inconceivable to me that she would leave her body. I've, I felt it was only possible to ascend the planet with her in a body. I was just like, we're gonna, you know, put her on that wooden board, float her down the river together, and then shoot arrows, flaming arrows, and, you know, have this grand thing that only God could get. I mean, I, I literally thought the starship would just come, right? Right, so the, obviously this is a look at a cult. Yeah, I'd wait for the kids to be asleep. For yeah, this. for this one, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so describe the nature of the cult first, I suppose. Okay, so the cult was set up um, by a woman named Amy Carlson. And when I say that this is a surprisingly sensitive treatment of cults, I, that really took me by surprise because it opens... We, you know, we learn very, uh, we learn right away that she passes away throughout this um, three episode show. And it opens with a vision of her blue mummified corpse, right? Some weeks or days anyway after she has passed away. And yet it is a very, very sensitive treatment of that, right? Mm. Her cult was this kind of new age, um, not nice, not, you know, not all loving okay, and wonderful, yeah. right? I, you know, well, I, then cult. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, definitely they had weird views on, on QAnon and other various uh, polemics du jour, shall mm. we say, right? But um, the creator of this, a woman named Hannah Olson, she's a seasoned documentary maker and she read about the cult when she was sort of interested in QAnon in general. And she she was pushed towards it by an academic who said, oh, just have a look at this one. And this cult is called We, ha- or sorry, Love Has Won. They uh, would, and they still do, uh, they they basically broadcast on, you know, on, on various live streams all day long, you know, talks about new ageism and uh, finding your identity and good vibrations and drinking things that you definitely shouldn't drink and consuming more drugs than I think anyone in their right mind should. Okay, all right. And throughout the process, of their live streaming, we get so much footage of that. But what is really interesting is, as a cult, you know, documentary goes, often, you know, there have been there have been x you know, hundreds of cult documentaries over the last mm. whatever number of years because they're kind of easy fodder, right? They're like, look at these weirdos, yeah. and I can't believe what they did. And here we get to hear right from the weirdos, right? And in the sense that they started filming this. Only, or, or she started making this only three weeks after uh, after Mother God, the, the cult leader, had passed away. And she managed to convince all of her cult followers to give their interviews. Uh, so you're hearing straight from the horse's mouth what they did, what they what they believed. And while I'm not saying like it's a wholesome look at, uh, you know, this totally supportive thing, it's not. It's very sad. It's very odd. It's very strange. And at times it looks incredibly uh, abusive, right? Like okay. you would expect yeah. a cult relationship to be. But you can see why these people were attracted to it, if you get mm, right. Like yeah. it, the kind of when we hear the backstory of, of, of the followers, 
uh, and you see what they're getting from this relationship, you understand why. And then at one point they bring in, you know, Father God, right? This self-proclaimed father of the universe. Uh, Jason is his name. And that's when everything starts to go wrong. And at that, there's this kind of very, very sad turning point where you see these contrasts between Amy, Mother God, as a 20-something-year-old, full-of-life, glamorous young woman in America, to 20 years later when she is passing away in front of your very eyes, in front of her very followers' eyes, and they're mm. all they've all bought into this belief mm. about intergalactic aliens and Robin the spirit of Robin Williams coming to talk to them and every celebrity you've ever yeah. heard of who's passed away. And it all is just so strange but sad, really. That's the kind of the main thing. Because I mean I I assume that, you know, the the documentary starting point is that Mother God or Amy is gone. So these yes. people are somewhat directionless now. Yes, exactly. And they have all kind of, even though they, some of them are still doing a similar kind of uh, streaming, is all I'll refer to it as, some of them are still doing that kind of graft, we might say, mm. uh, less less considered considerately. Um, they have all gone their separate ways. Some of them have paired up together and are still doing things together, but the but the commune, uh, as it gone. was, has, yeah. has, has split. And it's this weird kind of cult that like it's this weird one that basically because it began in the internet right it, it began online it began streaming they have so much of their original footage that it's all so well edited and put together that like it's it, it's just a very upfront look at a cult in a way that I suppose I haven't seen in in, in many of the cult documentaries I yeah. have is it a one-off or a there are three parts to it a three-part series sounds fascinating so those three shows were a, a murder at the end of the world you can stream uh, now uh, that now on Disney Plus Merry Little Batman you can stream now on Amazon Prime Video and Love Has Won The Cult of Mother God you can stream on Now TV and Sky Documentaries James Dempsey thanks a million thank you Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.